there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Trial and Shit Podcast, where I, your host, D. Gary, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, happy you're here. Jumping right in. Shout out to um, Friend Zone. So, I started watching... Um, this show on Apple TV called Severance at their behest. Um, and I only watched it so that I could listen to the episode and be in the loop and not be like behind. I didn't want any spoilers because I would hate to hear about the show and then like it and then like have it spoiled before I even get the chance to get into it. people driving by um so I checked out the show and they went in to discuss whether or not they would um on the episode not on the show but on the episode of the podcast the friend zone they went in to discuss whether or not they would sever now if you're unfamiliar if you haven't watched the show severance is basically in a nutshell without describing like what the show exactly is about you kind of just need to understand what the process is so severance is basically you decide to sever the link between two versions of yourself if you will there's a work version of you considered an any and then there's an out version of you considered an Audi. So your Audi is the one that makes that decision. Your Audi decides, you know what? I don't want to um, remember anything about my personal life while I'm at work. And I don't want to remember anything about my work life while I am in my personal life. So if you, like the way the, transition if you will works is there's like a chip or something placed in your brain and you go up and down an elevator and once you hit a certain spot in the elevator like a switch goes off and you are transformed if you will or it's turned on or it's turned off or I guess it's activated or whatever and your work self or your outside self wakes up so you wake up in the morning shower you get dressed you have your breakfast all that jazz you drive to work you get into the building, you go through the whole getting into the, you know, swipe key cards and all that. And then you get into this final elevator. And as you descend down into the elevator, there is some kind of process in the background that happens. And at a certain point, now it's work you. So you are severed, right? The, the, there's like a wall put up. You are no longer outside you. You are, you're inside you. You're in any. And so you exist in that state while you're at work. And that is all you know of life. Because for all you know, you just consistently wake up on that elevator and walk into work. At the end of the day, you walk back onto the elevator and you go back to your regular life, but you have no recollection of that. You have no memory of it at all. The show is actually very good highly recommend no spoilers like I'm there's nothing about the show necessarily that needs to be discussed to have the conversation I want to have um that being said two separate versions 
neither of the two are um, in communication with the two. Neither of the two are aware of what the other knows. You don't know if you are like your inner, like your any, the work you doesn't know if you're married. You don't know, like you remove all personal like belongings. Like you take your watch off, no cell phones, you don't have jewelry and all that jazz. You just, I mean, well, I'm sure you might have like earrings or something like that, but you don't have wedding rings. You don't have, you know, you don't know if those earrings, if you wore earrings were like a gift from a spouse or anything like you just, you're separate. So that being said, would you, now this is going to be a two-part question, right? Now that you are somewhat familiar, if you will, and might I add again, excellent show. If you haven't watched it, I would highly suggest you watch it. It's on Apple TV and it's called Severance. It is actually a lot. I don't know if he directed all the episodes, but Ben Stiller directed a lot of the episodes I was easily like sold. I'll watch it because I love Patricia Arquette. I'm a Patricia, Patricia Arquette stan. I will watch anything she's in. And so I was, oh, she's in it too? Now I'm definitely going to watch. So she does an incredible job. And I don't know Shorty's name, but um, the dude that played Brennan's um, brother-in-law from Step Brothers, that guy think is Adam something I don't know but anyway two-part question would you sever would you do the severance uh procedure and mostly in the sense would you um yeah, no, the traditional sense. Yeah, okay. That's that's want to make sure I didn't ask the question for the second half. Would you sever traditionally? And in that sense, it is: Would you have a work you and a regular life you? I said no before I even got to the whole issue of travel. Not even issue, but the whole point of travel. I'm just I'm not interested. I would. Not, I don't like that idea of any version of me not being in control of me. Like, I don't know what that work version of me would be because I am who I am because of my life experiences. So if there's a, there's a me that doesn't have that, then what is that? You know what I mean? And it's just like, if there's a me to some extent existing in the world that I don't have, um, control over. And by I, the I that I am in, um, control of like the, the presence of self, right. The, the knowledge of an existence. I know that there is a me that I am not in control of. So that just don't sit right with me. Like there's a me floating around. That's not me. I don't like it. Just a little, it's a little too meta. Like I'm just, I'm personally not there. Now let's make it travel because that's what we do here. I wouldn't want to sever because I absolutely wouldn't be able to travel as comfortably as I do now or as I have because without having the experiences 
that I have had as a whole, I wouldn't be able to, um, feel as safe. Right. So if there was a version of me that existed with no work experience, like without the experience. Now, granted, I'm sure you could have had like jobs prior that you'll remember in terms of your regular life, but your severed work, like that severance, like your severed work, you don't remember. You don't know what you do at work. You just know that you wake up every day, you go to work and you know that you leave that building every day feeling however you felt for the day. If you got, you know, if you say, for example, you burned your finger, you'll end up with like a note or something with your personal belongings or like on your car, letting you know why you've got a bandaid on your hand when you get back home or something like that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the experiences that I have gained from employment. I wouldn't be able to. I don't even think depending on what, well, I wouldn't even know what it is I did. Like I am able to use so many of the things that I have not mastered, but gotten comfortable doing in my regular life. Um, a lot of those skills developed through work experiences and use them in my travel experiences. Like I'm very much so a city girl. My city sensibilities go with me everywhere, whether I'm in rural, whether or not I am in a beach community, whether it is a city, whether it is an English speaking uh, country, whether it is a um, country where people look like me or not, like I am still who I am wherever I go. And taking a large chunk of that ability to experience myself in different environments in my opinion, opinion and my experience of myself really um, takes a chunk out of the complete picture of me and the complete, you know, place of like the place that you pull your experience from, the place that you pull your um, reasoning for feeling certain ways about things and I would not be able to necessarily enjoy, I think, the travels the same way because I also think that that balance, like that comparison where, oh my gosh, this feels so good because I worked hard or this vacation feels so very well earned or it feels very needed because I've been stressed at work for the past two months and it is nice to have a break. But if there is no experience of the tired or if there is no experience of the frustrations that you're dealing with at work, and it's not to say that you don't have like being tired or frustrated in your regular life, but we all know work. Well, I don't know about y'all, but in my experience of adulting, my work stress and my life stress are two different stresses. They are both stressful, but there is a certain level of, like you don't necessarily get to vacation away from your regular life stressors. You don't necessarily get to vacation away from the real life shit that you deal with. You generally, you know, I won't say you bring it with you, but excuse me, that comes with you more so than whether or not you 
No, that's a lie. A lot of work shit comes with you also, depending on what it is that you do for work. But in this case, like if you were to sever, you wouldn't know what it is. And being that you don't know what it is, you don't know what you're taking a break from. Like you don't know what you are trying to, you know, focus away from. And I, I like those lines of delineation where I know not necessarily what I'm ignoring, but what kind of issues am I dealing with that I need to put fresh eyes on? What different areas do I need to explore differently because the way I'm handling or tackling them, you know, as it stands, aren't resourceful. They're not working. I need to shift or pivot someplace. But if I don't have that, um, what's the word, not acknowledgement, or I don't, if I don't have that, um, awareness that I'm dealing with those things, I'm not going to be able to change them differently. And without knowing that something needs to change, I feel like I'm leaving a certain version of one of myself, like not doomed, but like destined to only have half a toolbox. If you only have the experiences that you know consistently over and over again, you I don't think that it is playing fair. I feel like you need new, you need challenge and you need fresh so that you can um, learn to not just better approach things, but more efficiently approach things. And by efficiency, I mean like getting things done in a fashion that serves you best. It doesn't necessarily mean like solving your problems faster, but solving them in ways that alleviate you having to go through them all over again. It's one thing to like go through a breakup, right? And say, all right, well, you know, this breakup didn't hurt as long as the one before. But if you learn to, you know, not manage relationships better, but if you learn to, if you get a better sense of self and if you get a better sense of the way you behave in those types of interpersonal relationships, it may prevent you from having similar breakup experiences so that you don't have to hurt the same way. So that maybe the next time you break up with somebody, it'll be a a mutual unpairing or it'll be just okay so we're just not compatible romantically like but we get along and watch all the same shit like all right bro call me next week when we watch this show again we could just be friends or whatever like having those like that awareness I feel like makes a difference and I am all for having that ability to resolve issues more effectively and not just faster, but so that I do them better and I don't end up with the same problems continually. Um, and then also I feel like a lot of the things that I've learned on my travels have made me a better worker. I know that the one thing that I can absolutely without question say that I have learned through travel is patience. I've God bless both of my grandmas and bless both of my grandfathers. Um, but I know I got praying grandmamas and I know my mom's mom in particular has always said that she always prayed for my patience. She prayed that I would be more patient and her prayers were answered in the form of me being able to travel. I absolutely learned to be patient in my travels and 
it came in the most gentle and loving way is, you know, people being patient with me, people taking their time and trying to understand in broken Spanish or through Google Translate, you know, what I'm trying to ask and what it is that I need people being patient with me to try to understand whatever, um, you know, the English I'm trying to use to communicate with them to help me stay safe and get my needs met and enjoy my travels. That patience that was shown to me while I was abroad and while I am not a native speaker of whatever language they're, um, they're communicating in is the same patience that I've learned to impart on people in my place of work. I work with the general public and I know that especially in New York, there are plenty of people that come into places looking for services that don't speak English. So I make it my business to either pop out my Google translate and whatever language it is they speak, I'll find that and try to get their basic needs met or get them at least to an area um, where they clearly understand where they're going so that they can get the assistance in whatever language it is that they're looking for. Um, so for me, without my travel experiences in the workplace, I would be working at a deficit personally. It, my experience of it or my opinion of it is that it would I would definitely be lacking in that department. I've always been like an empathetic person. I've always been able to empathize with people. I've also been able to sympathize with people and I've always been helpful. So I don't think that I would not have been as helpful, but I think it would have been more stressful on me because of that level of patience. It's not that I wouldn't have helped people. It's that I am not necessarily, I won't say I'm more willing to, because I've always wanted to help people, but it is, it's like no skin off my teeth. It's not a hair out of place. It's something that I actually enjoy doing because I am more patient. I have a much higher tolerance level for that level of miscommunication and misunderstanding. And I am more willing to try to help sort it out. Whereas someone who is willing to help, but is just not necessarily as patient in the same ways, <clears throat> may not be willing to. So in that case, I know that I'm a much more efficient worker um, in that sense. And also, now this one, I don't necessarily, it's, when I initially said it to myself, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if that was travel, but I think it shows in different yet similar ways. So um, self-awareness, right? I don't know if you've known, I'm black, always have been black, always will be black, right? And I am an American. I live in New York. So the way I was raised was with a very heightened self sense of self-awareness, right? With that whole uh I'm trying to figure out like what a good uh, not good analogy, but like kind of like seen, not heard, but not as harshly. Right. I was always, I was allowed to be a kid and play and stuff like that. But in the extent of my surroundings, right. So at home, be your absolute self, but outside of home, 
you absolutely have to be aware of how you are going to be perceived. You have to be aware of whom else's space you are in. You have to always be aware of what is going on around you so that you can tailor yourself to fit whatever is appropriate, right? Seems reasonable, but, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it also, um, it shows itself in different ways. And I don't really necessarily want to have like, that would be a rabbit hole conversation right there. Um, so in the essence of not falling down to the rabbit hole, we'll just say there are different tiers and different levels of self-awareness that teeter on the respectability politics side of things. And so I will say that as a black adult who was a black child, I was always raised with that sense of self-awareness where I knew I could never do the same things a lot of other kids could do. And that is also turned into, I know that even as an adult, I can do what the fuck I want, but I'm going to face different consequences um, from certain peers. Like I know that I can't do the same things as other people and get the same um, response or the same outcome, right? That being said, I think travel gave me the opportunity to see my self-awareness shift, right? Where I was able to see that while I may feel very marginalized in the community, not necessarily the communities that I'm in now, because I'm in a very black ass community and I am one of the many, um, but I will say in the overarching scheme of things, right? While you can live in the blackity blackest of black neighborhoods, but still know that your neighborhood is not indicative of um, the grand scheme of things or the larger community or your city as a whole or your state as a whole or your region as a whole, right? So while I may live in black ass uh, neighborhood that I'm in, that doesn't necessarily mean that I am not aware that it is still a very white America, right? So there's that aspect of self-awareness that was able to shift a bit for me while seeing myself in the majority, but like in entire countries, right? Or seeing myself celebrated in ways that I didn't feel celebrated as openly as I did at home. I always like to use the example of um, Cartagena, uh, especially, whereas in New York, I know where to find the communities where I am celebrated, right? I know where to go and I know where to be, to be surrounded by blackness. I know where to go to find other black people embracing blackness and just everybody in the community kind of just being cool with it, right? Whereas going to Cartagena, I didn't feel like I had to search those out. I felt like wherever I turned, I was met with those opportunities. Like those opportunities were like, everywhere. There wasn't a single instance that I personally can remember in my experience. This is me saying me, D, here. I don't know what anybody else's experience has been, but in my experience of Cartagena, I found Blackness to be so very highly celebrated. Like it was fucking everywhere and I loved it. And I 
think that that level of self-awareness that I can belong anywhere I go, um, being able to travel to certain places in Europe and seeing different avenues of that, of the diaspora represented seeing Africans and not that I don't see Africans here in New York, but like someone looking at me and not knowing if I don't open my mouth, okay, like where am I from? Because there's the, okay, yeah, she could be American, but she could be French or she could be Dutch or she could be anything. And it's, it was just, um, not just, but travel in general has given me that little, I guess you can say, you know how you buy, like you see a pair of shoes or you see like a shirt or something that you love and then you buy it in another color. It's kind of like that in self-awareness, right? It's like another color of self-awareness where it's just like, it doesn't have to be you doing things to fit in other places. It's, huh, I self can fit in, in so many different spaces. This space is completely different than the space that I live in. And it's completely different than any space that I can easily get myself to like on a given day of my wake up, go to work, go to school, go to church, go to friends, go to family, whatever life. And I am finding that I can be comfortable here. I can make connections here. I can have fun here and I can feel as if I am, you know, not just not celebrated or welcome, but like, I just feel like, okay, I can exist in this space and prosper and not necessarily prosper in terms of, I just created a business or I'm starting a job. It's just like, no, I'm here. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fulfilled. I feel as if I can navigate these areas and not be made to feel other in every instance. So being able to travel has given me a nice little uh, shift in that area of self-awareness that I don't think I would have gotten had I stayed in my community. If I stayed in my neighborhood, if I stayed in the neighborhoods that I work in, I go, um, that I went to school in or that I live in or that I frequent because of like visiting friends and family and stuff like that, I absolutely would not have gotten that same sense of, because you expect your friends and family to, to welcome you, right? That's not the purpose of friends and family, but yeah, that is the purpose of friends and family to extend and exude that level of comfort and, um, being accepted, but to be able to experience that outside of what, you know, is kind of like owed to you or what is expected of friends and family and completely different and foreign and unfamiliar, uh, territories to be able to somewhat come into that space of, oh, I'm good here too, is a beautiful gift that travel has been able to give me. So definitely why I wouldn't want to um, sever. Now, the second question, the second part of like the sever question that I wanted to, um, to broach is what if you severed your travel life from the rest of your life? Like not just your work life from your normal life, right? But your travel life separate from every other life. So you would have an any or an Audi, because let's just say your 
any would probably be your travel life. Well, that's the thing. I don't fucking know. That's where it gets a little bit more confusing. But follow me. If you were to keep your work slash like regular life, and by regular, I mean home, if you're in school, friends, family, work, like the life you live fucking now, real world life. If there was that life, but then that was separate from travel. And I honestly, it's still a fucking no. I could not do it. And the primary reason for me not wanting to, because keep in mind, like if now thinking logistically, right? If you just made sure that you were logistically in the appropriate place for you to still meet any of the responsibilities that your work or personal life that like D like that I had, like if I were logistically able to just get myself to all those places, but the only mental awareness of life that I have is one or the other, like my regular life, like me never traveling, or I perpetually get to have like the travel life of my dreams, but it's just completely separate, right? Again, it's a smooth motherfucking no. And there were, was it one or two reasons that I particularly had? Oh, so one of the reasons why I wouldn't do this, because I just don't think that I would have that like sense of responsibility. If I'm working and living regular life and there is no travel in it, like, no, if I'm just traveling, I can't see that I would be like responsible enough to just like go back to regular life. Like if I just got to travel, like all I knew of life was travel. Oh, but actually, since it's all you know, you don't necessarily mind interrupting said schedule to do other things because you don't have an awareness of you doing those other things. So taking a break to kind of like do that, knowing that it's funding and doing those things. Okay, yeah, so I can see it. Maybe I would be responsible enough. But the main reason why I wouldn't fucking do it whether it is like my travel life being separate from the regular life, it's just like, it would be, it would be so freaking dull. Like, where did I write it down? Um, is this it? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So it was a two part. So the, the other part was I wouldn't do it primarily because I love traveling with my partner. I can't vision I cannot envision not just like traveling with him. I just love my life with him. I can't envision a version of my life that he doesn't get to be part of, right? Like if say like travel life were like the most fun life, then okay, so he's in my most fun life, but what about my regular life? So if I travel with him, that means like I can't, regular life live with him and then like what about my friends like okay so y'all are here and y'all ride for me in like my regular life and I work and I go to school or I mean I keep saying go to school I work and then I come home I work and then I come home 
We don't get to take a trip together. Like we don't get to, you know, like where, where's that balance? We can't, and I, I wouldn't want to have exist a version of me that wasn't a really fucking cool amalgamation of all the things that I think make me me. And it's like, I make that point to really show like how easily the two worlds intertwine, right? Like you are absolutely a clusterfuck, (laughs) a mixture of all of the experiences that are going to make you more well-rounded and more ready to tackle the most challenges, right? So if you are stripping yourself of any possible opportunity to develop said skill set, like how could you be the best version of yourself? And it's not that it's because there are plenty of people that don't travel and they still live very fulfilling lives, but it's knowing that there is a version of you that is out here doing shit that you never get to reap the benefits of in the same way. Like the only thing that travel me would probably get to reap the benefits of regular me would be the money. Like I'm paying for my trips, but then what? What if I, you know, need to make more to do different experiences? Like I'm only, not only, but then it's like, if I want to have more money than what regular life me is providing, now I have to figure out a way to work in my travel life so that I can do more things that are more in line with whatever version of me I am as a traveler that is separate from whatever version of me I am that doesn't travel. It just, at that point, to me, it gets a little murky and it gets, um, I think that ver- either version of me in those instances would be less interesting. Like she'd still be fine as hell and she, I'd hope still be funny, but would her jokes hit the same? You know what I mean? Like what that, that sauce, like the, the juice, the secret mixture, the little razzle dazzle. I don't see how it would be the same separating and creating a, a version of me that it, it just doesn't hit. Now, mind you, it's only season one. I don't know if there are more um, conditions or I don't know if there are more um, caveats to severance that are going to be not presented or expounded on or, but I don't know what the fuck is coming in the next season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what more there is to the process or to, um, after effects or just digging into how the two versions of characters, um, exist outside of themselves. Um, there's still more to be seen, but from what I've experienced in season one, it got me to thinking, and again, thank you to Fran, Asante, and Dustin for putting me in the space to even watch the show, but to also think about whether or not I would do it. Y'all, it's a nah, a smooth nah, and for the reasons that I previously listed. 
So I would love to hear whether or not y'all would be interested in severing and why you would or wouldn't. Um, definitely hit me on the social medias, underscore D carry or T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T. That's the same on Instagram or on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. I really want to know if you would sever. And before we end the show, speaking of Twitter, um, I got a couple of questions and then I'm also looking back on some others that I have seen in the past. And I've got a lot of, I've got quite a few like really good questions and I wanted to introduce a, you know, listener submitted question section to this show. I don't think that I'm going to do it like every episode. I think I'm going to save it for like maybe an every other episode or, but I'm thinking about segments. Um, and so I'm going to start it today and see what you guys think. So this was the question. So this summer I have one month that I basically have nowhere to live, but I have a savings. So I was thinking it would be cool to book an Airbnb for a month and travel somewhere and just try something new. I do want to go by myself. So I would prefer somewhere. Um, that was my Uber. Tip your Uber drivers. They said, thank you for the tip. Um, Uber eats, by the way. What was the rest of the question? I do want to go by myself. So I would prefer somewhere where they speak English, but I'm not against living amongst people who speak a different language. I was looking at Thailand and Brazil because they have really cheap entire unit prices, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on a place that would be affordable and safe for a young, cute gal like me. Um, so few things. One, I'm very excited for anybody that gets this opportunity to um, live a month abroad and see what the world has to fucking offer. Now, in terms of, so these are, this is the direction I'm going. First of all, first, not even considering, um, budget, but more so style. (coughs) Pardon. Oh, so did I mention I was sick as fuck last week? I think I had ended the last, uh, recording told me I wasn't feeling good or I'm tired or something completely went downhill. I got, uh, it started with what the doctor told me was like really bad allergies turned into like a sinus infection, six COVID tests later. And by six, I mean like three rapids and three PCRs and a flu test later. Wasn't COVID. Thank God. Wasn't the flu. Thank God. But it absolutely felt like the flu. It was really, really, really bad allergies, which to me was just, I was just sick. I don't think it was allergies at all. I think I just had like a really bad sinus infection. And it, cause it turned out that I started feeling sick on Wednesday, took a COVID test, didn't feel better. Friday went back to urgent care 
and well Friday went to urgent care and she told me oh girl it's just allergies and by Friday night I had a fever chills body aches it was a mess I was hit and then I went back on Sunday to urgent care and I was telling her I have taken Claritin I've done Theraflu I've done Tylenol fever won't break I'm still miserable and she was like girl you're past the Claritin stage I'll at least tell you that and you've it's it, this is an allergies you've got an infection you're sick and so by that point she told me to take like mucinex and shit and i feel so much fucking better but yeah so pardon the cough but that was it wasn't a fun weekend um few days just down down baby it was it was sucky shout out to boyfriend for um taking care of me but he always takes care of me but Back to my girl's question. So not necessarily before we focus on budget, budget is important. However, what is the style? What, how, what's the vibe you're going for? What do you want to do? Do you want to stay in one place and explore that one area, like that one city and like just whatever is locally around it? Or do you want to pick one place and then bounce around? So do you want to have a home base and then spend like a weekend here, a weekend there? Or do you want to spend a week in one country, another week in another country, or another week in another country? So like when you have a whole month off and you are available to see what you want to see, consider how much it is you want to see. Now, if you are interested in having just one home base, you want to do like an entire rental, I would consider, me personally, what I would do if I had a month off and I had savings and I knew that, you know, I kind of had just like the world at my, my disposal, I personally would choose a European country only, only because... I would have the opportunity to see so many other countries for such a really low price and so very easily with a lot of different modes of transportation. Now, the caveat here is that this is still a post-pandemic, not post-pandemic, but this is still a COVID world. So you have to consider your borders. You have to consider you know, what COVID numbers are looking like in certain places. You have to consider what um, precautions and safety measures are in alignment with what you feel will keep you safe. So you don't necessarily want to choose a country where, you know, um, you know, the numbers are like even higher than they are here in the States. And you, you, cause you got to come back home at some point. And the last thing you want is for there to be another wave and then you're stuck someplace. So without letting fear of anything, you know, like that completely stop you from going, keep it in your mind in terms of, okay, I want to be able to access healthcare. I want to be able to be someplace where if God forbid, I do need to buy medications or I do need to get medical care. It is someplace where I feel that I would be comfortable being treated. So that's one thing to keep in mind because of the world that we're currently in now, unfortunately. Another thing to keep in mind is how readily are you or how willing are you to be in one place for a month? I know I personally would lose my shit 
if I could only be in like one city, I would love to be able to say, go to London and then hop on a plane for $30 and go to Paris for like an overnight, like a Tuesday to Thursday, not an overnight, but you know, like a Tuesday to Thursday kind of thing, right? Like you go out there Tuesday morning, you stay Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and maybe you fly back on Thursday evening and you're sleeping in your bed on Thursday, whatever bed you, you know, rent out in London. Or then you say you want to do Portugal or say you want to do um, Norway, say you want to do fucking Turkey, like being in Europe gives you the opportunity to get really inexpensive flights to other European countries. And you also have the opportunity to take the bus and the train. So if you didn't want to, you know, plane it in every instance, try like a really beautiful train ride, look for the train that's got like the best scenery and you can spend, you know, the day just enjoying or not even the day, but figure out a route that allows you the most scenic route, if that's what you're interested or a route that offers you fast, you can get there, get something done and come back. But I know that I would want to have as many cost-effective options at my disposal as possible. And in my experience, Europe absolutely delivers that. You're able to get from country to country with relative ease. And as an American, I do, um, I, it's generally, I, I can't think of too many European countries that I had like difficult visa processes. I don't, did I have to get a visa for, I don't think that there were a lot of places I don't remember having to get a visa for period. So, and it's also something to keep in mind, depending on where you're going, you want to look into, uh, vaccinations. Um, you want to look into, God forbid somebody at home needs you. Uh, you want to be able to get back home relatively quickly if necessary. If you have any responsibilities in terms of work or school, you want to make sure that you have adequate Wi-Fi at your disposal. You want to make sure that you get a space that is going to be able to not only keep you and your belongings safe over the course of a month, but you also want to make sure that you'll be comfortable with whatever work responsibilities or um, student responsibilities you may have. So is there... um, Okay, so reasonably priced accommodations, you would assume that they have a table, but also consider that a lot of cultures do things a little bit differently. So um, I know that while like Bali is wild cheap, right? Not well, yeah, as an American, as a New Yorker, I'm telling you Bali was wild cheap. That being said, Bali's just really far right now. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't cancel it out at all. I would not cancel it out, but I'm not necessarily familiar with their healthcare sister system. I'm not familiar with, you know, what their COVID numbers are looking like. If I needed to get a COVID test while I was there, where would I go? So those are the things that I would say at this point, you definitely want to look into. Um, so there's the, if you're going to be there for 30 days, also consider 
what countries are going to allow you to stay the longest without a visa because for whatever reason, if you get delayed, if say you do come catch COVID or if something happens, like if you get an incredible opportunity and you get the chance to stay a little bit longer, is that going to be an issue or is that going to be something that you then have to come out uh, fiscally that you may not have um, saved up for or an added financial expense or burden that you may not have necessarily considered. So say where you're staying has a very strict 30 day tourist visa policy. Well, what happens if you end up needing an extra seven days or what happens if you end up needing, you know, an extra month or two, whatever you want to consider someplace that also is not going to keep you necessarily, um, just for ease and peace of mind, especially if you're not, someone who has traveled a lot and kind of just has all that thing, you know, all that at your disposal. I know even with the amount of traveling that I have done, that's not something that I would want to have on the back of my mind. If I know I've got a 30 day visa, I know that I am not planning on being there longer than two, three weeks. Like I wouldn't want to stay to the end or to the extent of whatever visa, um, I was getting, especially if it's something that isn't just like a 72 hour or like a 96 hour. Like in that case, it's just like, all right, God forbid something happens. You already, you know, it's a short time. So not that your chances are any greater or shorter, but it's just a matter of hmm, those kind of instances. I don't hold the same as like a whole month, right? Something about that just seems a little iffy to me. Um, and other than that, I would say, yeah, I would definitely say Europe just because of the ease of being able to get to a bunch of different places. I also, if I had a month, if I had a month and savings saved up now, mind you, this has, I haven't looked at what the budget for, um, someplace in Africa would be. And I've only been to Morocco in Africa, which if you ask me is not the experience of Africa that I personally have uh, top of mind when I think of visiting Africa. It, when I say Casablanca, Middle East, like I think, uh, see, I immediately think Middle East, although I know it is a North African country and that it is in Africa. Um, Casablanca to me just doesn't, it, it gives more Middle East than it gives Africa. Um, that being said, I would love to spend, I've heard so many beautiful things and I actually have a homegirl. Hey, Jen, Jen, um, in South Africa. Um, I would also absolutely want to visit Ghana. I would absolutely want to visit Nigeria. Um, Ivory Coast, very high up on my list. Uh, so there are Senegal, up there, Kenya, there are so many places that I would love, love, love to visit in Africa. And if I had a month, I would definitely take advantage of being able to get there. And even if doing just one country, but multiple regions or like a couple of cities in maybe like two or three different countries, I would definitely consider. But in terms of like, Africa would be more of like the expensive 
end of that, I would think. Just because if not for nothing, you're going to spend almost a thousand dollars just getting there and getting back. Um, that being said, if that's like a large chunk of your savings, I wouldn't necessarily want to blow that, not blow it, but you're really, you know, your budget, you got to pay attention to what you're, that's when now it becomes budget, right? So if you are, say for example, like your entire budget is $3,000 and you can get to, let's just say, yeah, let's just say it's like a $3,000 budget and you've got a month. Consider you could spend $500 to get yourself to the, whatever the cheapest country to get you to in Europe is. Because keep in mind, if you decide that you want to say, make Rome your home base, but it is cheaper to fly into Norway, you better off just booking your flight to Norway and then finding like a really inexpensive flight from Norway to Rome. Don't fly directly into Rome. If you want to be someplace in Europe and you don't necessarily, and you've got that flexibility, just fly into whatever cheap uh, city is the cheapest and then get yourself to wherever it is you actually want to be, but don't necessarily want to pay to fly to. That's another cheat code. Um, but the catch with that is you have to be careful with a lot of these like inter-country um, airlines, like say like a wow, like they're basically European spirits where they may not allow for you to have checked bags or carry on luggage even. So definitely pay attention to the ticket fare and what all is included in your ticket so that you don't see a $12 flight and then realize that it's $12 because it's just you. And that like the flight that includes your bag is like $60. You know what I mean? So little things like that. But that being said, if you've got like a 3000 budget and $3,000 budget and a month, you could consider spending $500 to get there and then having $2,500 for, you know, food. Well, not even $2,500. Cause you still got to have shit to do. Maybe spending like a thousand dollars on housing for the month. Right some really crazy place, some really nice or whatever, or you could do the budget route and then do a hostel. Consider it's only a month. Maybe you want to backpack it. Maybe you do want to stay at a hostel so that essentially all of your stuff is in one easily, not one easily, like just a single backpack, but you are really not, you're not dragging a checked luggage, a carry on and like a backpack. I mean, like you have maybe one carry on and a backpack, or you just have a backpack. Like you're really, you know, traveling light so that you can comfortably stay at a hostel. And instead of spending like a thousand dollars a month, maybe spend $500 a month. So now you've got $2,000 to do all the excursions that you want to do to buy the beautiful art that you think that you're going to come across while you're traveling to eat at the like really beautiful place every once in a while and not have to like live off a of pizza. Like consider what it is you also want to do while you're there, because if you know you want to, and then also you want to be on the fucking beach. Do you want to be near water? Do you want to hike? Do you want to be in a social area? Because if you want to go to the club, if you want to be able to go someplace where you can safely, you know, walk to a bar and then responsibly walk back to where it is you're staying, you want to consider like, what is it that you'll be interested in doing 
while you are in this space. If you know that you just want to research and you want to read and you really just want to meditate and vibe out, then okay, maybe Bali is a good spot to go. You've got the beautiful surroundings and you can find a lot of wellness and health. Uh, Same thing, Costa Rica. Consider going someplace that has something that you're interested in doing and then staying someplace peripherally, someplace that's in that general area or somehow that you can get to that um, at an affordable or reasonably priced uh, option to do so. Um, So I would definitely say if you've got a month and you've got a budget, figure out what you want to do, what experience you're going for. What is the feel? Like, what is your vibe? What is the tone? Once you have that idea, narrow down places and consider how much of what it is you will want to do is going to be readily available at your disposal. Not available, but readily available. You don't want to have to spend more than necessary to get those needs met or to get those wants met than you would need to. It may mean like if you know you want to relax and just like be off the grid, then keep in mind that that means that you likely have to get your groceries in advance, that you're going to do a bit of cooking on your own, that you may not have, um, what do you call it? Easy access to taxis or Ubers that you may not have easy access to too many restaurants and stores and, you know, uh, convenience places, not, and by places, I mean, um, not just restaurants, but like clothing stores, like a CVS, like eventually you might need tampons or pads or whatever. So you want to consider what you're going to need access to and make sure that that is in your reach and that is nearby. Um, so I hope that that helps and I would love to answer more of you guys' questions. So shoot them over. Um, that one was DM to me on the Instagrams. So feel free to jump in my inbox. I've got a couple others that I'll be answering throughout the, uh, weeks coming up and I would love to see if you guys uh, would be severed or not. So hit me up or also feel free to send an email, uh, traveling shit podcast at gmail.com or dcarry at travel shit podcast.com. Everything is at traveling shit podcast.com. If you feel like you want to send me an email, there's going to be my email information on there. If you want to slide in a DM in a direct message someplace, if you Also, if you want me to share your name, don't want me to share your name, I generally err on the side of not saying your name, but, um, big C, I see you girl. Um, so you can definitely put that in your question as well. And I will not only do my best to answer, if I come across stuff that I don't necessarily have an answer to, I can find you an answer or at least direct you in the best location for you to get the information that you're looking for. So I hope that y'all enjoyed this week's episode. I know I enjoy talking to you as I do every week. And I hope that the severance conversation in particular was a great reminder that travel is so much more than vacation, that it has given us so many different ways for us to be able to enjoy ourselves in our experience of self and in life with others. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye, y'all.